Well, hey. So uh, I don't have a guest. This is just me. Um, I'm just going to rant and rave about some stuff with a beer. Um, I don't really know. I, I know what I'm going to talk about, but <clears throat> you know, I don't know how well this is going to go. I don't know how many people are actually listening to this. I just started this out. You know, I'm trying different things. Um, but just to let you know what lies ahead, um, I'm just going to be talking about current events and stuff. Um, you know, I don't really have a plan. I don't have a script. I don't have a production team. Uh, it's just me. And uh, there has been some stuff going on in the world that I'm just going to talk about. And to prepare you, this is not a formal news show. This is just me ranting and raving about different things, uh, a wide variety of things, some heavier than others. Um, so just whenever you're watching this, don't um, watch this and think that, hey, this guy has put a lot of thought into what he's saying, because I literally have not. I don't have a script. I don't have anybody telling me what to say. This is stuff that came across my news app. Uh, so, you know, I save some stories that I find interesting and um, I read them. Um, sometimes I don't read them completely in detail. You know, sometimes I just, I don't just read the headlines. I always try to read the entire thing and understand as much as I can from that particular article, but I am not doing, um, I'm not looking up uh, references from other sites to back up what this first one says. I'm not doing a lot of deep diving into research to check sources and all that kind of stuff. Okay. This is literally just me, some guy. I'm a freaking nobody. Don't, get all upset if I say something that, you know, you don't like, feel free to write in though, uh, email the Justin show podcast at gmail.com. So this is the first of a series. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a name for the series. I don't know what to call it. Um, <clears throat> you like that right in the microphone. You're welcome. Um, it's the first of a series um, it, I don't even know if it's going to be a series. I just, uh, I didn't have a guest to talk to, but I still wanted to do this. And so I said, well, I don't need to talk to anybody. I'll just talk to you and we will talk about whatever's going on in the world. Okay. So, uh, that's all this is. Don't take it too seriously. Okay. That's my whole point. And also, uh, be patient with me. Okay. I hope that you will be understanding uh, like I said, I'm by myself and I'm just gripping it and ripping it. Okay. Without a lot of forethought. Um, so let's get into it. Shall we? Okay. I'm not going to say this every time, by the way, this is a one-time thing. This is just on the intro to this one, because it's the first time I'm doing something like this. That's it. I'm not going to start every episode with this. Okay. This is a one-time thing. So let's get started here in just a second whenever I uh, get around to it. Okay. Got my story pulled up here. 
Okay, today's leading story. Ted Cruz goes to Cancun during a historic Texas winter storm. Okay, everyone is in a fuss about this. Everyone has got their panties in a twist about this. I don't know if I care. I don't know. So here's the thing. We had Texas. I live in Texas, first of all, by the way. We had this big, huge storm. I don't even know why I have my headphones on. I was testing them, but I don't think I even need them. We had this big, crazy storm in Texas. Um, this winter storm that came through and froze everything. Like it, it went down to in the negatives. And it's weird if it ever gets below freezing here. Like if it gets below freezing here, it's a big deal. Much less below zero. Okay. Um, and we've had one-off events in the past where uh, it got below zero for like a couple of days or maybe a day or maybe just dip down overnight, whatever. But we've never had it like this where it was below zero or at zero or near zero all day, all night for like a week. Okay. This was not, this is not something that we here in Texas are prepared to deal with. I don't mean like on an individual level. I mean, like on the state level, we don't have the equipment to clear roads or prep roads for a coming storm. Uh, we have some stuff, but not near enough to cover everybody. Okay. Um, the way that homes are built here, the, the homes are not built to sustain this type of storm. Um, the pipes that carry water and take away sewage are not very deep because historically they don't have to be like, we don't get a big deep freeze that freezes stuff underground. You know, usually stuff that's under the ground doesn't freeze. I mean, hell stuff above ground hardly ever freezes here, much less stuff below ground. So our pipes aren't very deep and just the way everything is set up down here, it's just not set up for that. Okay. And so the storm comes through and it lasts like a week. And it freezes everything. Uh, people's pipes, water pipes, people don't have water. Uh, when you don't have water, people start doing other stuff, causes strain in the electrical grid, electrical grid goes down. So people haven't had electricity and haven't had water. Like, uh, I, I don't know what the tally is right now and how many people have died, but you know, people have died in their homes. A guy froze to death in his recliner, in his living room here in, te in Texas, okay, in Texas that happened. Like that might be something that happens every now and then up north, like farther up north, if somebody loses power for an extended period of time. But here that is unheard of. People have icicles hanging from their ceiling pans, okay? Like pipes busting in the walls and then that water freezing and their homes are filled with ice. You could go ice skating in your living room. This is what I'm talking about. This is, it's crazy. So obviously that causes secondary issues with, with transportation, um, getting goods to here. Like I can't go, I tried to go to the ATM just to get some cash out. Can't use the ATM, not because the internet doesn't work or because electronics don't work, but because there's literally no money in the ATM. Like the people who come and have to refill that ATM with money, there's no money there. Um, so that's just one example. I mean, that's not a big deal, not being able to go to the ATM, you know, 
who uses cash anymore anyway i just happen to need cash that's not a big deal um that's there's way worse stuff that's going on than that but my point is that's what's going on has been going on in texas we're on the back end of that now things are looking better but cruz ted cruz who if you don't know is a senator he's one of the senators um for texas and he is in houston in the houston area that's where he lives that's where his jurisdiction is and uh he went to cancun because uh, he, uh, I don't know if he went on vacation there. I don't know if he has a second house there. Uh, but he went to Cancun um, to wait out the storm. And he's getting a lot of flack for it. And I hear that. And I'm, I don't know if this is coming from the left or the right or a little bit of both. I think it's mainly from the left just because it's the left. But I, I live in Texas. I don't know if I care. I don't know if I care that he went to Cancun. Like what, what could he have done here that he could not have done in Cancun? If you, if you have the resources and if you have the means to get out of Dodge before this crazy winter comes, storm comes in and freezes everything, you're telling me that if you don't have the means to do that, that you wouldn't have done that. You sure as shit would have done that. And I know it's different because you are not a senator from Texas who has constituents that you represent who are going through a really hard time. Okay, I, I realize the difference. But what did you want him to do here that he couldn't have done there? Like, I mean, you can't go anywhere. Did you want him to drive door to door and hand out bottles of water? Like and, and then film it and use it as a political photo op to show everyone what a great guy he is. And then he goes back to his house that has probably full electricity and smokes a cigar and pours himself a hot bath and gets in it with his wife. And then they talk about how much money they have. I don't know. Like, what, do you, what did you want him to do? here you just wanted him to be here just to suffer through it with it and i'm not like a hardcore republican i'm not like hard right i'm not like a ted cruz lover i don't even necessarily like him i mean he's okay i don't i don't know i don't really know you know he it's complicated some of the things it's like okay you agree with some of the things you don't i'm not one of those people who just hate someone based on what party they belong to I don't necessarily love someone based on what party they belong to. I mean, I'm an independent. If I had to put myself in the spectrum, I'd probably be right of center, but not far right. Like just a little right of center, probably on average overall, that's where I would be. Okay. If I say center, I'm, I'm, I'm full of shit because I, I am a little bit more conservative than I am liberal but not when it comes to social stuff like social stuff social rights i'm all liberal i'm all for uh you know people do i'm basically a libertarian i guess that's the best way to put it um but people don't even know what that means so i guess i say a moderate republican just right of center but I, I don't even identify my, with myself as uh, with a party. I'm just saying, if you want, if you force me to put, put me on a spectrum, I guess that's where I would be. Okay. 
Um, but a libertarian is like, do whatever you want as long as it doesn't negatively affect someone else. And that's how I am. Do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else and be fiscally responsible. That's me in a nutshell, okay? So when I say what I'm saying right now, I'm not saying, hey, be nice to Ted Cruz. He's a great guy. I'm not saying uh, you should love all Republicans. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying that for this particular thing that he did, he went to Cancun. Forget that it's Cancun. He went somewhere warm. I think people are getting like caught up on Cancun because when you think Cancun, you think, oh, he's down in the strip. He's partying. He's drinking. He's, you know, he's acting crazy out there in the strip in Cancun. Maybe he's, maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing down there. Or maybe he's just not freezing his ass off. Like he had two options. Okay. He could have stayed or he could have went where he went. Um, and I don't know how much of a family guy this is, but I know he has a family. I know he has a wife and kids. And as someone who also has a family, if my wife and children are uh, sitting there freezing and I have the means to get them out to a safer place to avoid all the madness that's coming our way, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Sue me. I'm doing it. If I have the means to do it, I'm doing it. I don't hate the guy. People have this weird thing where like, oh, if I'm, if I'm stuck here going through this shit, you have to also be stuck here going through this shit with me. Like you wouldn't care if he went to Cancun any other time. You're just mad that he left during this time, but I just don't want to, I just want to know what did you want him to do here that he can't do from there that would have made an actual tangible difference in the storm in the weather okay would i have stayed like i said i got a family if my family is like telling me hey we have this we have this other option that we can do to avoid this am i going to look my family in the eye and say no wife and children you have to stay here and suck it up on my behalf because I need to look good to my constituents by sticking here and going through this nightmare winter storm, once in a lifetime winter storm that no one's ever seen before here. Um, you have to stay here and suffer through this with me. I don't know if I'm looking my family in the eye and telling them that. Okay. So, you know, I don't know how you feel about that. But me personally, I don't give a shit. I don't think it really matters. Okay. Moving on. So speaking of the winter storm. Um, so the governor of Texas, Rick Perry. Uh, does I say Rick Perry? What's his name? Why am I saying Rick Perry? No, Rick Perry is a former energy secretary. Who the fuck's the mayor of Texas? I know this guy. He's in the wheelchair. Why can't I think of his name? I'm blanking on his name. Greg Abbott. Oh my God, Greg Abbott. I knew that. I know who the, the governor of Texas is. That's Greg Abbott, okay? Rick Perry is the energy guy. Okay, so anyway, former, maybe current. I don't know. They switch around a lot. 
Um, but the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, not Rick Perry, uh, initially came out and said, hey, this is uh, as, as far as the power outages go. Uh, he blamed the power outages on the uh, this this thing called ERCOT. ERCOT. It's a so ERCOT. E R C O T. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it. ERCOT. Um, they are basically um, the keepers of the grid in Texas, the electrical grid. So Texas has its own electrical grid. First of all, if you didn't know that, Texas's grid, electrical grid, is not it does not cross state boundaries. We are not connected to any other state's electrical grid, okay? We have our own electrical grid. Um, and in fact, the reason why, segue, put a pin in the first point that I was making a second ago, I'll come back to it. But let me tell you this real quick. So the reason why Texas has its own electrical grid apparently was just to avoid federal regulation, which I don't blame them for. I don't like federal regulation either. Uh, some, but too much. You know, there's a fine line. There's like a Goldilocks zone of federal regulation. No regulation could be bad. Overregulation could be bad. You want somewhere in between. But my point is, um, there was some uh, bill that was passed uh, decades ago uh, where electrical grids that cross state boundaries had to be regulated by a federal, because once you involve two or more states, then you're technically on federal territory, right? So um, there was some bill that said that you had to be regulated by the feds if your grids were connected to another state's grid. And so Texas, evidently, Texas is the only state in the union that had the idea of, screw you guys, we're just not going to cross state boundaries. We'll just have our own grid. Easy peasy, right? So Texas has its own grid that is not connected to any other state's grid. In the, in the uh, I don't know if you call them an organization, the organization over that grid is called ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, okay? I can't remember what it stands for, but it doesn't matter. You know what they do. So, um, so Greg Abbott, the governor, he initially said, well, hey, you know, the grid as a whole, uh, failed everybody like it was he didn't blame it on any particular thing he just said the grid as a whole all right uh a little bit after that came out and said that the renewable energy sector uh which is wind and solar uh that was the reason why the grid shut down and people lost power but the renewable energy Texas is only 10% renewable energy, okay? So only 10% of our energy comes from wind and solar. But apparently, for some reason, he felt that he needed to single out this source of energy. Forget that it's wind and solar. Forget that it's renewable. There's a source of energy that we get energy from, and only 10% of it comes from there. But he felt the need to single out that source that only provides 10% and said that that 10% was the reason why the other 90 or the entire 100 went out. Well, it didn't go out completely. You know how it is. Like it's rolling blackouts. It's spotty. It's here and there. It's like a spotty Wi-Fi connection, right? Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. So I don't, he, it, it didn't make any sense. And people questioned it. And then he came back 
and said after that and said, oh, well, it's actually not one particular source of energy. And he did acknowledge that it was the entire system as a whole, even uh, natural gas, oil, uh, all the traditional methods of energy production. They also failed as well. So I don't know why he ever said that in the first place. So if, if you've heard, you might have heard that renewable energies were the reason why um, the, the Texas power grid uh, bit the dust, but it was, that was not it. Okay, not it at all. He said that initially. Well, he's, he didn't say that initially. And then he did say that for some reason, we, we can only speculate, this probably has something to do with politics because Texas is a huge um, oil and gas state, if you don't know. Uh, but that's kind of our bread and butter. Okay, we get a lot. It's where a lot of our uh, G state's GDP, if you will, comes from. I don't know the numbers exactly, but it's big. Okay, and if you're from Texas, you know that. So um, anyway, don't don't believe the BS about renewable energy being the reason why our, our grid bit the dust. Uh, that's bullshit. Also related to this winter storm and the electrical grid, um, some people's electricity bills have been in the thousands, if not over ten thousand dollars for a month, a single month's use of electricity. And you're probably wondering, well, what in the hell were they doing? How much Netflix were they watching to burn up that much electricity? And they weren't. So with Texas being its own grid, like I mentioned before, um, so the the regulation and in, in the, in the rates here uh, are, different from everywhere else as well i don't know exactly how all that works i'm not even going to pretend okay I'm, I'm not going to i'm not going to pretend to know to be an expert on how all that works in the back end here's what i do know so you can get a fixed rate plan or you can get a variable rate plan most people have fixed rate plans and a fixed rate plan is like you pay this many cents per kilowatt hour like three four cents or whatever per kilowatt hour <laughs> however many kilowatt hours you use times three or four cents or whatever your rate is, that's what you pay. However, there are some uh, other companies who have gotten creative, like uh, Gritty is the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, Gritty, who offers wholesale prices on electricity. So whatever wholesale is, which is typically cheaper than retail, Right, because the way that energy works, I do know this much. I don't like I said, I'm not an expert, but I do know how this works. So the way the electricity works is they buy the electricity from the people who generate the electricity, and then they turn around and resell it to the public. Okay. So there's a middleman involved there. And gritty is technically a middleman. I don't know how their business model works. All I know is that they don't base the rates on a fixed rate, they base it on whatever the wholesale rate is. And when the storm happened, well, first of all, the, the wholesale rates are typically cheaper than the retail rates, typically, right, in normal circumstances. But when in a situation like this, 
wholesale rates spike to crazy numbers where there's almost no electricity and a huge demand for it, right? We know how supply and demand works. So supply went way down, demand went way up, and the price per kilowatt hour went through the freaking roof. And so companies like uh, Gritty, whose customers were paying wholesale rates were suddenly, instead of paying like three cents a kilowatt hour, were paying like, I don't know, dollars, like several dollars per kilowatt hour, or even $10 or more per kilowatt hour. And some people were getting bills for over $10,000 uh, for their electricity for a single month. Uh, now, well, Gritty, though, Gritty, to, to be fair, to be fair, if you watch Letterkenny, you know what that means. There's a show on Hulu, it's called Letterkenny. You should watch it. And then you'll understand why I just did what I just did. To be fair, to be fair, um, the company Gritty, who offers this wholesale thing, they told people in advance, they were like, hey, leave us. The Gritty was telling people to leave them and take their business elsewhere because they really were trying to prevent people because they knew what was going to happen. They were trying to prevent people from having to worry about paying for that. So to Gritty's credit, uh, they were trying to save people the hassle. So good for Gritty. Okay. Um, other companies that do the same thing as Gritty, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. All I heard was that Gritty was trying to tell people to leave and advance stuff. And what their hopes were, were that people would come back, like after things settled down and went back to normal, people would come back. I don't know if that's going to happen because now this has happened once. Like, how do you safeguard against that happening in the future? And I think people hate switching companies, so they would rather just stick with a sure deal. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying don't use Gritty. I think Gritty's awesome. Like, that's amazing that they would voluntarily tell people to stop using their service and take their business elsewhere to try to prevent their customers from paying too much. And they were trying to do the right thing. So that's good. So support Gritty. They're doing the right thing. Um, as of today, February 19th, 2021. I don't know if they're going to change something in the future and do something different. I don't know. But as of the time I'm talking about this right now, they are uh, they are doing the right thing, or at least trying to. Okay. So could you imagine that, though? Get your electric bill and it being for fucking $17,000. Like, how would you even pay that? I mean, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I just be like, you just got to turn off my electricity. There's no fucking way. That's like my whole life savings. That would wipe me out. I don't know how, how you would do that. Uh, so I don't know what these people are going to do. The people who got these huge bills, but you know, God bless them. Uh, I hope that when they don't pay it, which they shouldn't, they should not have to pay that. Uh, I hope that after they do not pay, uh, that bill that they are not, uh, dinged in any way, negative way with, you know, uh, 
bad credit or you know a ding to their credit score or something i don't know but i i hope that those people are uh doing okay and continue to do so um a west texas mayor a town called colorado city it's about four thousand people in west texas uh he has resigned after uh posting i believe it was a tweet it was something on social media i don't know what the hell it was but uh, he posted that his constituents, the people who live in his town, need to stop asking for a handout and fend for themselves. And he said, what his name was, Tim Boyd. Um, he said, only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. He also said he was sick and tired of people looking for handouts and that the current situation is sadly, quote, Sadly, a product of so of a socialist government, end quote. Okay, this is a mayor of a town telling people who are going through a once-in-a-lifetime storm that we've never seen before, who are without basic necessities like water and power, of which he himself is a beneficiary of. I can assume, I don't know this person, but I can assume that he has water and electricity. Okay. And he is telling people who are going through this once in a lifetime, never before seen event, who don't have basic necessities to basically figure it out and stop coming to him for help. What the fuck is your job? What do you do? Like, what did he think being mayor of a town was? You just tell people what to do, and when bad shit goes down, you say, oh, there's nothing I can do, and you have hands off. Like, what did you think this job was? Oh, I'm oh, I'm pretty sure I thought it, he thought it's 4,000 people, it's a small town. I have he probably has a day. I don't know if he has a day job. I doubt, I highly doubt he does not have a day job because I don't see being the mayor of a 4,000 person town, bringing in enough income to give you a decent living, uh, a decent lifestyle. I don't see this. So I'm assuming that this guy is just some guy who probably fucking makes sandwiches down at the deli or something. Uh, what did I do? That was the old, that was the stupidest damn analogy makes sandwiches down at the deli who does i mean i know that there's delis and people that make but why that i couldn't have thought of anything better than that how stupid was that that was really dumb and i apologize don't hate me now moving on by the way if you hear me take pauses every now and then i'm just drinking beer i'm taking a sip of beer um, and hey, if you want to, if you're a beer company and you want to send me beer, I will talk about how awesome your beer is. If it's really awesome, I'm not going to lie. But if you send me some good beer for free, that's all you got to do. And I'll mention it. I'll throw you a, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shout out and, uh, you know, maybe help you sell a little more beer. You don't have to pay me. Just give me some beer. Okay. So anyway, that sidebar is over. Coming back to the main point. Um, 
then he resigned a couple days later because I assume he has a day job. That probably is his actual source of income. So what I'm thinking is this must have been just some good old boy who, you know, I don't know, maybe his daddy was someone important and he's, you know, connected through his daddy or his granddaddy with the small town. They've been there for generations. They bought that old peach farm when it was just $10 an acre and they bought a thousand acres and now it's worth $5,000 an acre. And so they are rich in the terms of a small man in a small town. And he probably knows a lot of people and it's connected and said, ah, fuck it. I'll run for mayor. Okay. And then he did. And then some actual shit went down that required actual mayoral responsibility. And then he tells people, why are you looking at me? What do you want me to do? And then quits. So Tim Boyd of Colorado city, Texas, go fuck yourself. Not like you'd give a shit anyway. He's going back to his normal job. I'll tell you what, though. Local townspeople, I'm sure, won't take too kindly to that, and he's going to have himself a confrontation or two in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. That fucker's going to have to move. He's going to have to move to a different town. And th- But still, people are probably going to remember. Well, no, they won't. They won't. People aren't going to remember. A week from today... No one will remember that because they'll be so distracted by whatever else is. And you know what just happened? Here's something to distract you from Tim Boyd being such a fucking douche. Kim Kardashian, breaking news. Kim Kardashian officially files for divorce from Kanye West after almost seven years of marriage. Wow. Who would have saw that coming? I never would have thunk it. I mean, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West just seem like the type of couple that would be together for decades. They seem like the type of couple who would grow old together and go to a nursing home together. And then when they're really old, one would die. And then the other one would die like three hours later because they had lived so long together and become so ingrained with each other that they had literally basically become one. And one could not exist without the other. That's really what I thought was going to happen with those two. Did not see this coming. If you don't get sarcasm, that's, that's your fault. Daily coffee consumption, or should I say caffeine consumption, not coffee. Okay. I guess caffeine-free coffee is fine. But daily caffeine consumption can change the gray matter of the brain. And when I first saw this, I was like, oh, God, please tell me it's for the better. Please tell me it's for the better. Because I drink coffee every single morning. But coffee, apparently, with caffeine. Um reduces the average volume of gray matter in your brain. So in case you don't know what that is. So there's two types of matter in the brain. There's gray matter and there's white matter. Okay, so gray matter is like the meat of a steak. 
And the white matter is like the veiny marbling texture in the steak. Okay, you with me? So gray matter is like what you think of when you think of like the, the actual brain itself. And the white matter is like this connective tissue uh, made up primarily of neurons, which are just brain cells, right? Those are the cells that, you know, act like the electrical wire carrying the electrical current from one place to another. You know, it's what carries the signal from the brain to the rest of the body or whatever. So the white matter is that. It's that connective tissue, which helps pass along signals. And the gray matter is like, what do you think of when you think of the actual brain? Okay. Um, and your brain's not really pink, by the way. I mean, it might have a pinkish hue when there's blood in it, but when there's no blood in it, it's it's uh, it's not really pink. Okay. So, how do I know that? Because I have uh, cracked open someone's skull, pulled off their scalp, and looked at their brain. What? That's not weird. So, okay. So caffeine. If you drink too much of it, apparently, allegedly according to these <laughs> doctors and scientists, what do they know anyway? So it makes the gray matter smaller by like, uh, what I think 10%, something like that. But don't freak out because after a week or so, or 10 days, was it 10 days? Yeah, 10 days of abstinence, meaning no caffeine. So if, like if you go 10 days without drinking caffeine, the gray matter goes right back to what it was before. So it's like a temporary shrinkage. Just like, you know, when you're in the pool, when you're a guy and you're swimming, there's some temporary shrinkage that happens. And when you get out of the pool, it takes a while for that effect to go away, for things to get back to normal. Um, but in the meantime, it's, you know, you want to do the, when you get out of the pool, you really want to do the leg thing, like where you pull the short, the, the, the short legs of, of the swim trunks. And you want to like, cause when you first get out of the pool, you know, how all the water, it just kind of vacuum seals it to your pelvic region and gives people a nice outline, especially if you're wearing like light colored swim trunks, gives you like a nice outline of the shaft. And if it's small, you obviously, you, you don't want that. Like if you got a big hog, you know, that's good. You want that. But when you're in the pool and if you're someone who's already not necessarily blessed, you know, uh, and, and then you get out of the pool and it shrinks even more, you know, you don't want that. You know, you don't want that visual on, on the hot girl sitting across in that beach chair on the other side of the pool as you get out, you know, so you got to do the, you got to get out of the pool and you got to do like pull your shorts down a little your pant legs down and and get that space in there between your junk and and, and the swim trunk so it doesn't show your outline because that's not the first impression that you want to make okay antarctic ice drilling leads to discovery of life that was formerly not known huh so apparently, uh, some some scientists were like, "Hey, what's a great way to use government funds?" 
well, we could uh, solve the energy crisis. We could uh, figure out how to get rid, rid of plastic out of the ocean. Or, or we could drill through the ice in Antarctica just to see what's down there. And they chose the latter. So uh, I don't know what they're trying to do down there. They were drilling through the ice. Ooh, you're welcome. They were drilling through the ice. And I told you this was unscripted. This is just me. Okay. If you don't like it, go watch something else. I don't care. I'm already broke. What are you going to do? Make me more broke by not helping me make any money on YouTube? Piss off. So anyway, they're drilling through the ice. And uh, they found when they got underneath the Antarctic shelf, which is basically just the big giant piece of earth and ice that Antarctica sits on, and they got to the waters underneath, they found life forms similar to sponges. They were non-mobile, okay, like sponges. Sponges are actually living things, like the coral reef, sponge, like that kind of sponge, sea sponge. Okay, they look like rocks. They don't move. Um, well, they move kind of. I'm not going to get into it, but my point is they're like that. And they live on the rocks down there underneath. So, so why is this important? It's not really, I mean, it's not really important, but they're living in conditions that are so dark and so cold and so high pressure that we weren't really sure if life could exist in that kind of environment. Now we know life can exist in extreme environments. Like we know life can exist in super hot places, you know, bacterial life, like bacteria, not large multicellular organisms. And if you hear me talking like a nerd, well, it's because I actually have a degree in biology. Okay. So, you know, when it comes to biology and science, I'm a huge science nerd. You'll come to learn this about me. I love science. So I know probably more than the average person. I'm by no means a genius, but I know probably more than the average person, probably. Okay. So um, they are, uh, we didn't, we weren't sure if, if life could live in a place like that, but they can. So if life can live there, then it, 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 it makes it even more likely that there's life elsewhere in the universe. And I think that's the real reason why they're doing it, because they're looking for like the most alien-like environments that we can have here on Earth. And they're seeing what's going on there so that we can, at some point, move to a different planet and colonize that one because we can't stop using disposable plastic straws that's pretty much what it boils down to so we're going to get a whole new planet because we don't want to touch our lips to the rim of that glass because other people's lips have been on there and we don't trust the dishwasher at the restaurant so dishwashers get your shit together because you're ruining the planet okay all right so, um, yeah, we, 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 we think that, you know, it's, it's even more likely that there's life somewhere else in the universe, which let, let's be real. There is, okay. There may not be life in the form that you're talking about. There may not be life 
like you know things that look like people that walk around and they drive cars and they live in houses okay that may not be how life is but life there is something if it's a bacteria even if it's a single-celled organism like a bacteria if there is a bacteria if there's just one if there is just one living bacteria on any of the trillions of planets that are in our universe there are trillions Trillions with a T, okay? There are trillions of planets in the universe. If there is one single microorganism living on any one of those trillions of planets, aliens exist. That is an alien. That is a living thing from another planet. It's an alien. It exists, okay? That's all there has to be for there to be proof that life can exist on other planets that's it and the odds of there being zero even microbial forms of life on any of the trillions of planets that are in the universe is insane if you think there is no life elsewhere in the universe you are insane and i don't even want to talk about religion i'm not bringing religion into this don't 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 come at me with this well, God made people and people are in his image and they can only live on this one place because he made earth and it was a special place just for us and nowhere else and no one else can live anywhere else. Listen, even if that was true in the beginning, okay, you realize that life can create itself. Like things can come to life without any sort of um, intellectual interjection. Okay, there doesn't have to be like microorganisms. We're talking about simple single celled organisms that are incredibly simple and just basically survive on heat from the sun or from an underground thermal vent deep in the ocean, something like that. Okay, it doesn't have to be complicated to be life. Okay, maybe life as we know it is unique to Earth. That I will concede. So, life as we know it on Earth is probably unique to earth and earth alone that i will agree to i do not think that there are other organisms i don't think you'll find people or dogs or cats on another planet or things anything close to it i don't think you will okay that's just my personal opinion but still you don't it doesn't need to be complicated to be alive and that one little thing could still be that one little single microorganism can still be all the proof we need to know that life is possible on other planets. Whew. Okay. Sorry. I get a little worked up when I talk about science. Especially science I'm interested in. Here's something that's not necessarily, well, it's a little bit science, but it's also uh, nature-y and uh, cool. So, Scientists are making see-through wood, and it could replace glass. See-through wood. Yes, you heard it here first. Actually, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Oh, God. <laughs> you didn't hear it here first. God, why was that so hard? You didn't hear it here first. You might have heard it here first, but I heard it from somewhere else first. I'm just repeating what somebody else said. So, uh 
Yeah, I didn't know how the hell. So, so I so I read a little bit into this. See-through wood panes for windows. So we're talking about making windows, replacing windows instead of them being glass. They're actually transparent wood. Okay, so how does this work? Well, I read into it just a little bit. I don't completely understand it. This article wasn't, you know, it didn't go too into depth. But basically, here's what it said. Um, so you take wood and you uh, grind it into a pulp, like they make, like how they make paper. Like when they make a white paper, they they ground it into a pulp and they make it thin. Obviously, it wouldn't be paper thin, uh, but it would be, it would be thicker than that. But my point is, you kind of make it the same way you make paper. Okay, but it's uh, thicker, like a whole lot of layers of paper, I guess, on top of each other. I don't know. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. Okay, I don't know. You can read the article. I'll put all the links uh, in the description uh, below uh, so that, you know, if, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on YouTube or whatever, I'll put the links in there or I'll put them in the description somehow if there's somewhere else. Uh, but my point is, they make it like they make paper, but then instead of it being white, what they do is they treat it with something. Was it hydrogen peroxide or something? I can't remember. The, but they, they, they remove this chemical. It's called lignin. And lignin is like a structural component that is in the plant cells that make up the trees that makes it sturdier. Okay. That's kind of what gives it its uh, ability to you know, be really firm and stand up straight and defy gravity and not break in the wind and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, lignin, if you remove the lignin, this molecule that is a crucial part of the structural integrity of the plant. So, um, it make, it makes it, um, transparent, like where light can pass straight through it. So apparently, I guess if you if if you can do this to paper, you you could prove how it works on paper, because they were talking about how it's made when whenever you do paper, uh, you know paper is let me let me see what it says. So it says the chemical, uh, well it's hydrogen peroxide. This chemical modifies the chromophores, changing their structures so they no longer act to absorb light, and color the wood. The chemical can be brushed onto wood and then activated using light to produce a brilliant white material or blonde wood, if you like. So I guess blonde wood is, is that the way that it's made blonde is it's treated with hydrogen peroxide. So this chemical reaction of wood with hydrogen peroxide is well known. Uh, so it's something that we've been doing for a long time. It's the basis for bleaching wood, wood pulp used for paper making. One of the reasons why paper is brilliant white. Um, the other p the real reason papers why is because pores or holes structure is holes in the structure scatter the light, just like the hollow cellulose fibers in wood. But filling these fibers with resin, that's what it is. Okay, so it's resin. When you fill the fibers with resin, it reduces the scattering of the light. So it allows the light, so when light hits it, hits the wood, instead of it being instead of it being scattered and bouncing off and going in all different directions it just goes straight through, um, which is what, you know, that's what makes it transparent. So um, you treat it with hydrogen peroxide, you make it thin, 
make the pulp thin, just like you're making paper, treat it with hydrogen peroxide, make it really white. And then you fill the gaps on a microscopic level with this resin. And instead of the light being bounced off and making it look white, it just goes straight through and makes it transparent. So uh, that's cool. But, and, and it's renewable, but I'm like, okay, yeah, well, but will it wear out faster? Will you have to cut down more trees uh, to make all these windows? I mean, I'm not poo-pooing it. I think it's great. I think it's great. I, I, I want this to work. But, you know, if it's going to work, it, it has to work long-term. It has to be a fix. It has to be something that's better than what we have now, right? Or, or else why bother? So, um, you know, the, the wood... I'm sure it lasts, you know, a long time or they wouldn't do it. Um, and it is renewable. Like you can't, you know, you can't uh, break down glass and, and re, you know, and, and compost it and use that to regrow new glass. I get that. Um, but wood, I'm just wondering like how, how much, how energy intense, intensive is it to make this versus how energy intensive it is to make glass windows. Sure, glass windows, if they're broken, they can't really be reused. But I mean, glass itself can be remelted and made to make different things. Um, but it won't break down to the ground. So like, if you throw a window out, you know, it's not going to like, you know, obviously break down and break back down to the soil and become one with the earth again. I get that. Um, but, you know, it can be reused to some some extent, the glass can. Or maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. If, if you know more about glass than I do, uh, reach out, you know, let me know. Email the Justin Show podcast at gmail.com. I like my name, by the way, the Justin Show. I couldn't think of anything. I, I didn't want to come up with like some douchey name that just sounded stupid. So I was just like, my name's Justin. I have a show. It'll be the Justin Show. Let's just keep it simple, okay? Uh, they found another mammoth. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. There is a mammoth, a new mammoth species that was discovered. Um, so apparently we thought that there was just one type of mammoth. Apparently there was two. Uh, the DNA that they found was 1.6 million years old, and it did not match the current mammoth DNA that we know of. It was kind of like a mammoth, but not exactly. Um, so it was a different species. It's different enough, I guess, to be considered a different species of mammoth. And it was actually discovered in... Uh, in fact, where was it? It was somewhere down south, like in South America, I want to say. Like, cause, you know, when you think of mammoths, you think it's like uh, Columbia, the Colombian mammoth. I don't know if it's called Colombian mammoth because it was found in Colombia or if it's named after Christopher Columbus when he sailed the ocean blue with his pet mammoth. I don't know. Um, but it's called the Colombian mammoth. So I'm, I'm thinking it is the native to Colombia. Anyway, there's another. We have two mammoths. All right, you needed to know this. This is water cooler. You can now go to work. You can tell all the people that you work with. You can tell your best friends when you're at the bar and be like, hey, 
you know the mammoth? And they'll say, yeah. And you'll say, they found another fucking mammoth. You'll be like, what? Like another mammoth? Like the same as, no, dude, like a different kind of mammoth. What? A different kind of mammoth? How is it different? And then you're going to tell them it was apparently smaller and not as hairy. Uh, I guess which is making it, uh, you know, implying that it is, uh, you know, from a warmer place, which made me think Columbia because Columbia is warm, right? I don't know if Columbia was warm 1.6 million years ago. You know, climate changes, climate change is real. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's old and it's from somewhere else and it's a new species and they got a different mammoth. So there you go. You're welcome. Go uh, tell that to the chick at the bar that you've been uh, just waiting to hit on. And that is a guaranteed good time. All right. Last thing. You know those little black dots that are on your windshield? You know, you have those little black dots. They look like uh, they're probably there for shade or something. Uh, they are actually not for shade at all. It's actually... Uh, part of the structural integrity of the windshield so it actually helps keep the windshield together and um, also secure to your car so it doesn't fly off i don't know how the hell um black dots are supposed to keep the windshield secured to your car but apparently it adds to the structural integrity of the glass because you know glass when it gets hot or cold it can't expand and contract, which is like why you have, uh, you might have a crack in your windshield. It was really cold outside. You're on the really hot defrost air in the front, you know, it cracks your windshield or vice versa. Really hot outside, turn on really cold air, right? So, you know, it uh, glass is, um, windshield glass is susceptible to, you know, damage uh, if there's a difference in temperature, if it gets too hot or too cold. Uh, and apparently these black dots help to kind of, um, uh, you know, minimize that difference in heat or cool coolness across the windshield and actually helps it to stay together. Um, let me read what it says. It says there's a black band of ceramic paint called a frit along the edge of a windshield that helps sealant adhesive stick to the glass. Not only does it keep the elements out, it actually helps the windshield stay in place. When the glass is heated and bent in an industrial oven, the frit heats up and expands. This creates an optical distortion in the glass, AKA lensing, and the black dots help spread the sharp thermal gradient between optical glass and frit to minimize and mask the distortion huh yeah that still doesn't tell me exactly how it it helps me but i guess it's just to make the glass less susceptible to breaking and to keep it more structurally sound and uh yeah that's it so that uh you know, it doesn't fly off while you're driving down the highway, I guess. And the windshield just flies off. And then you got 70 mile an hour wind blasting you in the face. 
Do you imagine how much shit you'd get hit would hit you in the face if you didn't have your windshield? Like all the tiny little specks of dust and dirt that are on the interstate that would fly up and hit you in the face. Like it would probably just peel your face right off. I mean, old cars didn't have a windshield, but they also didn't go over like 10 miles an hour. So I guess it really wasn't an issue. But uh, anyway, that's it. So that's everything in the news that I thought was interesting. Some of it heavier than others. Some you might like more than others, but hey, guess what? You know, that's why there's a fast forward button. You don't like it, you know, just hit fast forward. But this was the first ever solo uh, ranting and raving on the Justin show, which I don't even know if I'm going to name it the Justin. I mean, it's currently called that, but, you know, I guess I'll stick with that. I don't have, I don't have a better name. If you have a better name, let me know in the comments or email the Justin show podcast at gmail.com. And I don't really have a regular schedule. I'll just do this whenever I feel like it. Uh, so, you know, if you want to know when that is, you just uh, click the little bell on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube or if you're on Spotify or whatever, you know, subscribe, follow, do all that kind of stuff. I'm just some guy. I'm just some guy. I plan on doing this regularly. I don't know how regularly. I don't have a schedule. I'm just doing it whenever I can, whenever I feel like it, because I enjoy it. Okay. So, um, but, you know, if you want to know when the next time something happens, just click a button. Click one of those buttons. Any button you see. You see a button? Click it. Okay? Just to cover all bases. If you're on YouTube, listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening at, click a button. You see a button? Click it. Unless it says unfollow, then don't click that button. If it says unfollow, that's the only button you don't click. Okay? Everything else, click it. Everything will be fine. All right. Thank you, guys. See you next time.